0: this episode of the duck gun podcast proudly brought to you by gunner kennels gunner kennels the market's only double-walled roto molded dog crate and a five-star crash test rated kennel these american-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the guys over at gunner kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are like dropping four thousand pounds on it hammering it with a 630 pound sled Tossing it off a 200 foot cliff and shooting it with a 12 gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's hunt update, we talk about me going to Kansas and joining up with Elliot for some hunts. We have a great time and spoilers, I even shoot a first of species for me. But now for a quick word from our partners and we'll get right into it. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top oh and did i mention our a-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box check us out on facebook instagram and on htrinnovations.com hey guys another great company that we've partnered with is sportsman taxidermy and we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago so jump back check that one out really great content there um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's game calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard. And how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing good. So was my beard more gray or less gray <laughs> than what you expected when you were
0: here staying at the house? Um, it's, it's less gray, man. You look like an old man over YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, speaking of old men, you
1: know what I got in the mail? When I got in the mail yesterday, I couldn't believe it. I got an email for like a senior citizens dating. (laughs) I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm only 45 and I click on it and it's like, there's like two really old, like gray headed people dating. And I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) I'm not
1: that old. I uh, think it's all the gray beard jokes.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe they they got wind that Gray Beard was around and. <laughs> well, you way. know the
1: phones are getting so smart these days mm. that you know they they read pictures of you and they probably see all the gray in my beard and it's like oh he is, you know that much gray. There's some automated systems like X amount of gray hair on your head or face and you're a senior. So <laughs> then they see stuff. So
0: how how old did you say you were? Forty five. Forty five.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, yep. I guess you're. Uh, what do you got? Like ten more years till senior senior citizen?
1: Is that when it officially is fifty five?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't.
1: I think it's sixty two.
0: Is it sixty two?
1: I'm thinking that. Yeah.
0: Okay. I that don't want sense. to be ten
1: years away from my senior citizen. <laughs> I don't feel that old.
0: See, when I think senior citizen, I think like grandparents. And I'm yeah. trying to think. My parents have been grandparents for a while, and they're in their fifties. And my oldest niece is like got to be like 10 or something so i don't know
1: <laughs> did you know that i'm a grandparent
0: i i did not
1: i am i've got an adopted daughter from my um, previous marriage mm. and she has two children so <laughs> i guess i fit that then, <laughs> don't i yeah
0: i guess so that's that would where make got my it.
1: wife a senior citizen as well <laughs> she's a uh, step so i can make that one yep i'm a grandpa Awesome. Yeah. Uh little Gracelyn, she calls me uh Grandpa Duck. <laughs> 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 Papa Duck. <laughs> yeah, there you Papa go, that Duck. fits. <laughs> I know. Dang, she's cute. But yeah, <laughs> we well, enjoyed having you stay at the house. And uh for those of you listening, this was our uh Jordan's first trip to Kansas. He stayed at the house for a couple of days, got on a couple of hunts. So that was fun. It was really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh it was cool to put like I mean, not put a face because we already seen each other, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. over video. But like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's just different when you meet somebody in person. It's just cool, cool to do that, you know, and um, get on the hunts and and see how Kansas was. And
1: (laughs) yeah, for sure, Uh, it it was definitely fun. It was just unfortunate that your little one got sick. I know my wife was was very social and she's really anticipating hitting it off with your wife, so she was really bummed that they had to bail out at the last second because of your sick kid.
0: But yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate.
1: But the good thing out of out of it is where you're going to come back in January, and without that event happening, you probably <laughs> would never have come back, right?
0: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so, and, and kudos to
1: Kansas for having the 2019 um, hunting license available two weeks in advance.
0: Yeah, it uh, worked out actually pretty decent so I think I'm the true winner of the situation <laughs>
1: yeah I think I think so too I think so too so we're looking forward to having you back because it was fun
0: awesome so yeah I guess this this will be a unique hunt update because usually we go back and forth and talk about each hunt but this time we'll have to be talking about the hunts that we went on together
1: yeah yeah two hunts in a row I don't know um, I, get, I don't know how to chronologically go through those going back and forth we'll just kind of have to tread through it i guess
0: yeah so i guess it all starts so it all starts with with me kind of pinching my schedule more than i should have we'll say um because yeah. i got there friday and you know we chilled we, we got the a-frame um you know we hung out for a while and then um then Elliot as crazy as he is, wants to get up at two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So lucky for lucky for me, I'm on uh, Eastern time zone. He's central time zone. So it's really just three in the morning for me because two o'clock that came pretty early when we went to bed a little after 10. So it was like less than four hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you do that every week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less than four hours of sleep.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll be in bed by 9.30, but it's normally, normally 10-ish. I mean, we don't always get up at 2. Sometimes it's 2.30, sometimes it's 2.45. It just, like, the second day we didn't get up as early. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on where we're hunting, how many options there are, how far it's going to be. Uh, but, I mean, and, and as you could tell, we didn't have an abundance of extra time when yeah. we were there.
0: Yeah, but now now we know where the gray comes in your beard. It's from all those 2, two o'clock wake up calls
1: (laughs) you know getting up early I don't mind it um I actually it's exciting to me and if I'm really tired the first 30 minutes will be a little rough but normally um I'm up and ready to go it's just such an adventure you know like um and we'll probably get into this a little more but boating clear you and I boating clear across that lake in the dark (laughs) with logs and shooting stars it's just (laughs) such an adventure oh yeah it's so much fun yeah it's so much fun
0: yeah there's a i'll say one thing when you're going to like a cornfield there's like no reason ever to get up that early and so you don't like i mean some people love cornfields and i do love a good field hunt here there uh but there is something to be said to go out to those wild places and like Mm -hmm. you said i mean we saw some amazing shooting stars that like were bright long streaks across the sky all the way to past the horizon i'm like man that's crazy
1: yeah yeah we did there was a bunch of on that boat right in and yeah you know, i um back to the adventure part of it it's like if i have mallards or geese coming in on me on fields and i have very little field experience but the the field experience hunt the field hunting experience i have um you know if you have them right in your face that's going to be really fun it's going to be really fun but the way we do it is definitely more adventuresome and you know talk about the full immersion so you know, um, skipping ahead just a little bit, you know that second place that we were hunting. I mean, we were on that shoreline. There was no one else around for miles, you know. Yeah. And there was hundreds of ducks coming in to watch, and we didn't, you know, pound on them. But um, I would so much rather be in an environment like that where you know you get out there and you just feel like you're the only person around uh, that you can forever. And that feeling um, I, is so much different to me than a field, being that a field is farmed by a farmer planted it's it's an you know it's an extended garden and again if you have birds in your face it's a blast but just you know just hunt for hunt you give me a more natural environment with water eagles flying around um you know like where you're just immersed away from everyone it's just so much more fun to me
0: yeah it it was a lot it was a lot of fun going out there like that so another thing you kind of hit on was the (laughs) logs And man, I'm going to tell you for sure. We probably should put your headphones back in for this one, but I thought there was a few times that we were going (laughs) to, that we were going to tip the boat and die. (laughs) Now, did you think
1: that um, on the, on the ride in in the morning or was it the ones we hit later? uh,
0: Both. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, it's just, just that you're, I'm not used to it. And I know you've tipped your boat before that one time. (laughs) And,
1: uh, one time.
0: Yeah. One time. And uh, and so yeah, we're just—I mean, it's dark, yeah—and we're hitting these, and I'm not used to that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, obviously the ones we hit because we we kept an eye out, and the tall ones we'd avoid. Um, yeah, you know, uh, we shine our headlamps out towards the the logs and uh, try to avoid them. But then you know, the ones we couldn't see were a little further under, and. Yeah. We'd hit those, and it would rock the boat, you know, and it yeah. would be surprising. We're going slow. Now, if you're going fast, you hit ones. I could see how that would tip you pretty easy.
1: I don't know. I think fast is probably better, honestly. Really? Yeah, because you, you go right over them faster, and it doesn't give the give as much time. I th- in fact, those those uh, surface drives are made to go straight over logs. Um, so I think the slower you go, the worse it is. Hmm. But I can't stand going fast because it seems scarier <laughs> here in deep water. But I really, you know, if you're going fast and you're just gonna go over it so quick,
0: huh? It's that prolonged. But wouldn't the added momentum like spin you more and have the chance of toppling you? Well, you're
1: just talking about because what we're talking about are logs that are just below the surface of the water, right?
0: Yeah, or at least so... a, f- a footer, so.
1: A foot, yeah, they're just under the surface, of a foot. you cannot see them. So if you take the one, the only one that was bothersome to me at all was the one in the daylight towards the very end, where we we're all for we we're taking, <laughs> Golden and my dad back to that cove. Um, but even that's not going to not going to tip you. But that ha- I'm guessing that that hit just on the left hand corner, as far over on the corner as you can get,
0: right? Yep.
1: Um, the faster the boat your boat travels, the higher it's going to sit in the water also
0: yeah that's true as well.
1: so if you're talking stuff right under the water um I, i'm not worried about anything that's under the water tipping us I'm not, I'm not worried about that the only thing i'm worried about and when we tipped our boat it was a really freak freak ordeal um it's not something that i've ever even heard of anyone else doing it was just a freak event hmm. and um because for several reasons, but my dad accelerating it uh, into it. Once we hit it was a big part of it. Um, but I'm not those, those logs that are just under the surface. I'm not, I don't like them. I hate hitting them, but I'm not concerned about them. The only ones that I'm concerned about is running up onto something that's like three, four feet so that your, your nose continues to go up and then the back end of your boat sinks under, which is what happened to us on that one is that the nose kept rising, and then the back end has nowhere to go but down. Um, but I'm not concerned about the ones under the water at all. Hmm. Although it's not fun, and it feels <laughs> – it doesn't feel – especially in the dark, it does, I don't like it at all. But I'm not actually
0: concerned about those. Well, I was concerned. So, Sure. Anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and to give a little background, we met – so it was me and you and Aiden – we call Golden Boy, and then my dad, who we call Fumbles. And so when we go out to this place, um, we like to leave. This place we we're going to hunt, we boat to it, but you can also walk into it. So to avoid problems, we always park a car at the walk-in spot just to let someone know, hey, there's someone down in here. Because there's nothing more frustrating when you walk way into someplace and there's someone that's coming a boat and you had no way of knowing they're in there and now you're screwed. So partially courtesy for them and partially just because we don't want other people walking in on us. We put a car there. So Jordan and I um, got in the boat at the boat ramp, and Aiden and my dad walked in from the walk-in spot. So the night ride was a was just Jordan and myself, and um, it was also nice when that it was no wind at all because I can certainly tell you if you put a 15, 20-mile-an-hour wind on that, it's adds a whole other element to it. Um, it was about a three-and-a-half-mile boat ride in the dark, and with... There's, there's actually, if you looked at it on the way out, there's only a few spots that you have to be worried about the trees. It's not the whole ride. It's isolated spots, and you just have to know where those spots are.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that being said, it was still scary. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like the boat ride, but
1: me, me doing it so frequently, I'm less scared of it than you are, just because you've never done it.
0: No, and I, I would do it again. I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, just give a good uh, explanation of how it feels when you hit a log Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Yeah. So in in 40 foot water, it's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. So, but we survived, we got out there. um, And like I said, getting out there super early, I was surprised, you know, I think we talked about this in one of our previous podcasts, how you get up super, super early, go out to your spots and you don't have much time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we didn't, you know, we, we, we kind of checked different different locations deciding Mm -hmm. exactly where we wanted to set up in the cove and um you know looked at how far out the the skim ice was going and Mm -hmm. um looked at different spots of cover and then you know tried to break up ice with the boat and then finally um uh, fumbles and golden boy made their hike in so yeah i mean we did have a lot of stuff to get done um and then you know, put the HDR A-frame together and had to finish brushing that up. We we started on it the night before, but we got all the filler brush um, from the area to kind of match it.
1: Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. Yeah. We got some good comments on the video about it as well, um, how impressive it was and how well it looked and all that, which I thought was cool. Sweet new. And one thing, when you get out there that early – there there's no rush. You, when we first get there, you don't feel a rush at all. So you can just kind of enjoy it. Take your time, lolly guy, cuz we we spent a good 45 minutes just talking about where we're going to set up, I bet. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to be able to know you're the first person in there and just take your time, relax. The sky was beautiful. There and that, that's when I really started seeing the shooting stars cuz driving, I was the boat, I was pretty much like fixed at that spotlight right up, you know in that zone ahead of the boat Mm -hmm. Uh, but that we were really able to (laughs) enjoy the night once we got there.
0: Yeah. And kind of, kind of talking about, um, our headlamps would be a good time to jump in and and say a few words about, um, our partners, Lightsol. uh, is the light company that we partner with on this podcast and Elliot and I both use their products and love them. Uh, and we both were actually wearing the headlamps on that, and that, um, right in, in the morning and being able to use the strong main beam and point that on, out in front of us was, it was able to, you know, help us avoid the logs that were above, uh, the water.
1: Yeah. And I, I was, I had mine on, I just had changed the batteries the night before, and I'm thinking, man, this does not seem as strong as normal. It's not even as strong. So I'm like, I had you, you turned yours on. And I must have—I just had a bad batch of batteries, I guess. Either that, or I probably pulled the old ones out and then put them back in, thinking they were new ones. That's <laughs> probably more likely, knowing myself. Uh, but when you turned yours on, I was like, "Oh, okay, there's the lights all headlamp."
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: yeah. yours with new batteries was like three times as strong
0: as mine was. <laughs> yeah, you must have got one of the bad ones back in there or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I changed them the next night, and it was a, so much brighter. Yeah, on our on our Sunday hunt. So definitely, guys, go and check out Lights All. Um, they've got a tactical flashlight that's 3000 lumens. They've got four or five six different products all of which are the highest of quality. Um the best one for us for the waterfowl hunting is the headlamp because it's just so perfect for for what we do. So certainly go to lightsall.com at l i t e z a l l and freelance 10. No,
0: not freelance 10. <laughs> that's that's It funny. is <laughs> a duck hunt 10.
1: Duck hunt 10 is your promo code. Yeah. Check that out. So go on with the hunt now.
0: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, A-frame setup, all that stuff. We got the whole crew out there. Um, I guess, yeah, the the other part we'd leave out is we had Chief sitting in a mo Marsh brushed in on one side of the A-frame, and we had Fumble and his layout boat to the left of us filming.
1: Yeah, so we we put the um, H-12 layout on top of our 18-foot, Weld built, which we've got an 18-foot weld built with really high sides and then we've got a mud buddy uh, 4,500 black death surface drive for the engine so it's big enough We're able to put a layout boat on top um, And we bring that in just to help add versatility to what we're doing. So we had fumbles laying in the layout with candy beside the um, a-frame
0: Yep, so Sun comes up. It's a, a bright bluebird day. Um, excuse me, um, and we see just tons of birds flying uh, almost in a highway, just kind of flocking over to the other side of the reservoir. You,
1: <laughs> I would call that. I think we're safe in calling that thousands, like a couple thousand, wouldn't you think?
0: Yeah. What I say, hundreds.
1: I oh, know. I you didn't say anything. I was just curious as to your assessment on. How many birds you think we saw yeah. flying over.
0: I mean, over the course of the day, it was definitely thousands for sure.
1: Yeah. It was the highway. It was and the, the the annoying part is that um before Jordan came down here, I talked to my dad, I talked to Golden. I'm like, "Which side should we set up on? Should we set up on the opposite side where the duck high flat, flat highway ended up being or should we set up on the side that we did set up on where no ducks flew?" And man, I just wonder what would have happened if we had made the other choice. Well I know what would have happened. We'd have shot a lot more ducks.
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh we, we definitely could hear other parties on this. This I mean this was a big body of water, so there was other hunting groups around. Um I mean very far away, but we could hear them shooting and we were the only group not shooting. <laughs> I think yeah, safe to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And there wasn't a bunch of hunting groups, though, was there? Maybe, maybe, us and two other groups, maybe.
0: Um, I would say I think there was maybe three, but three. Yeah, but it's too, hard to we say. Couldn't, we couldn't even.
1: They were so far away, we couldn't even. Yeah, see. Yeah, we
0: couldn't see any of them. Um, but we could we could hear some gunshots happening. Yeah. Uh, and. And there was know. a group
1: sitting pretty much right where we were going to set up, and they had at <laughs> least seven seven volleys.
0: Yeah. So. Yep, and we're over there sitting, and we had we had a chance at a teal. And it was one till worked in and some mallards and, um, the mallards didn't work in right away and they swung around us. Um, probably like what, maybe 20 yards and they just swung right behind us. Probably a little bit more than that. Maybe about 30 yards behind us. Yeah. And, and they were going to, we thought maybe they'd work in. Um, but I I think they saw some movement and, uh, (laughs) they didn't, they didn't end up working in. And we didn't take the till either. So, ah, uh, you know, that's just one of those where you kind of have to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to shoot the till or try to work the mallards? Um, and when you do one, you think you, you you'll always say, ah, oh, we should have waited for the mallards. And then if you don't yeah. do that, then you will be like, ah, oh, we should have t- shot have shut the till. And, and so, and I
1: watched, I watched that clip about four or five times on, on the video footage that I had. And I think you're right. That candy certainly, um, flared those birds because the teal landed and, and the mallards were swinging over the top of fumbles and candy in the layout and candy. When, when there's birds on the water, she can't control herself. So I don't know exactly what she did, but you could hear her feet. She's probably jumping. She sits behind in that layout behind. Oh, with the hood over her, but she probably jumped clear out of it. Um, and that, that was directly under where the mallards were at the time. So, i'm
0: pretty sure that's what did it yeah it could have been i think you're probably right
1: now whether we had landed him or not who knows but and i actually called you to take the shot and then aiden called it off so it's his fault (laughs) it was not golden but no i mean in that situation (laughs) being that early there's certainly no problem waiting and trying to get the mallards in
0: yeah and it's tough to say if you don't know for sure if they got flared by the movement then you almost always wait for that. And I mean, Mallard's a lot of times swing before they come in. So, yeah. I mean, I was all for it, but I think the problem was, and you said it after that was somebody needs to keep their, their gun on the duck. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I think you, you called for somebody to call for him while they're swinging and me and Aiden both grabbed our calls and started calling. And then when Ooh. I started calling, I can't shoot at the same time so yeah we,
1: yeah and that happened twice that day with birds with birds on
0: the water yeah where we so
1: think have... it needs to be a preset plan if it's on your side and it lands on the water slowly get your gun up and wait and if it starts moving take it
0: yeah and and we could have done that and i, I definitely could have done yeah. that but yeah so we ended up not getting anything on that one and um and the bird movement was pretty slow after that i mean in our area we could still see the thousands of birds flying over the other side and, and see, or hear the other groups shooting. Um, and the quacking <laughs> too. and yeah, tons of ducks quacking. So, uh, we ended up making a move and it was quick
1: too. I mean, I think it was only about eight 30, um, about an hour and a half after shooting time we got, we moved quick.
0: Yep. And uh, yeah. And that move definitely saved us. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I I mean, we probably would have shot – when we came back to that cove to drop golden and fumbles off, there was only two in there. So Mm that would probably been the only ones we maybe would have (laughs) shot.
1: And one of the reasons we set up there is that the week before, Aiden and I had seen just piles and piles and piles of ducks going into that cove. And just that day or the day previous, the ice was coming off of all that food that was in there. So we were just kind of hoping that with the ice coming off all that food, that the birds would go back to that pattern that they were at the previous week where we had seen just hundreds and hundreds of birds dumping into that cove, but you know, just didn't happen.
0: I'll, I'll let you keep telling about the switch. I feel like I've been doing most okay. of the explaining.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So um we loaded it, we threw everything into the boat, threw the A-frame on top and actually um, didn't even take it apart, just kind of threw it on top, boated to the other side of the lake and where we were going to set up, there was another group of hunters, which we did. I didn't think they were exactly in that spot and we got right up close to them before I even saw them. Um, so we, we saw them like crap, let's go on down, um, the shoreline, um, where there was still tons of movement. And as we reached this cove, it was a bigger cove and this, this shoreline, we flushed probably a thousand I'd would say safe to say a thousand, if not fifteen hundred, birds off of this stretch of shoreline. Um, so we felt pretty good. When we're like, all right, there wasn't an even any discussion. It's like obviously that's where we're setting up. So um, we went over there. We set up. The, we set up the first spot. We only set up a couple dozen decoys because there was no wind on this day. I mean, like three miles an hour, just virtually no wind. So this year we've been trying to go just a couple dozen decoys um, when there's no wind. But we thought the wind was picking up a little bit, and we were on a more open part of the lake, and there were so many ducks that had been in there, we decided to set up about, I think we probably had six or seven, eight dozen decoys set up on this other row. We continued to use the HRA frame We set it kind of right under a tree, and I, I was happy with how it was concealed myself. What would you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely uh, was keeping us hidden and um, did did the job for sure.
1: I love having, anytime I can have that a-frame kind of tucked into a tree, I'm going to be much happier than not. Um, I need to have several experiences of it just being out by itself and getting birds into 15 yards before, and I will try it. But until it actually happens to me, I'm I'm going to feel like I want cover around it. But if you so pushed up against a tree, I'll be really really happy. So we got mm-hmm. that set up. We got in the a-frame. Fumbles and candy were now just comfortably sitting, because um, we didn't want to put four guys in that a frame. I just, gosh, that's. I know you guys have done it, but
0: yeah, man. It's, it's tight with four for sure.
1: I wouldn't want to do it. I, I feel, I feel like it's a little tight with three. It's fine with three, but we're just used to spreading out a little bit more. Um, because if you can, why not? But I, I when, now when we shot, it, it shoots, it shoots three comfortably. I didn't have any issues when we shot out of that thing coming out of it. I never ever sensed. You beside me. I know there was a couple passes. I think where you and I were side by side when we shot. I think, Um or Aiden. I don't. Mean, I never felt any kind of constraints when we were coming out of that thing. So yeah, I think it's, I, it's just the
0: right. differences. You you should you sit up under like trees and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you're gonna be like ten yards apart opposed to yeah. you know three four feet apart. Yeah. yeah, exactly right.
1: And with our layout boats, we can easily space out a little bit as well so we so we just do but um i'd say when we first the first got in the a-frame i felt like it was tight but then by sunday the end of sunday i wasn't even thinking of it so um i think it was probably just from what we normally do that was making me feel that way
0: yeah and the only thing i'll say about about that spot is usually um well i always sit on a marsh stool in the a-frame and mm-hmm. being on that bank, it was rocky. So this, that was the first time for me sitting up on, like, a rocky bank. And I couldn't get my stool in as far as I'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that that's the only thing I, I would say about that, that it was a little different for me. Because um, I like to get a little, like, kind of low and let that uh, top cover piece, the, the accessory you can buy for it, mm-hmm. uh, to come... Like, to sit flat on it, and you'll be right on, sitting and looking through that, a smaller yeah. hole in the front. But we mm-hmm. couldn't quite get our seats or marsh stools down far enough just because of the rocky surface.
1: Yeah, so you really don't want that thing hanging on your head then. You want no, it, no, just hanging on the straight. top,
0: and you'd be right yeah. below it. And either you can stick your head out of the hole a little bit in the front.
1: And- I think that's the key component, that top part. I really like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, you definitely don't have to brush as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can essentially the do the brush. same
1: thing with brush if you have to.
0: Yeah, yeah, if you have some of that tall brush, you can kind of put it over there and let it weep yeah. over the edges and yeah. you would be good to go. Yep.
1: So we got going, and I'd say only within about 10, 15 minutes, we started having uh, mallards come back in. It was relatively quickly, wasn't it, that they started coming back into the area?
0: Yeah, it, it was. It was pretty quick. Um, and actually we did have someone's, uh, work in pretty quick too.
1: Yeah. We had a, we had a, a group work in where we didn't quite call the shot. It was kind of iffy. And then just like 30 seconds minute later, there was a, a pair that were working us and they came and landed just exactly where we wanted them to land. And we pop up, Jordan takes shot number one at the Drake and clips him. And then I, finish him. Well, he was still wounded, so I, I could say I clipped him, too. <laughs> um, which, in my mind, I thought I had dusted him. And then when I watched it, I'm like, he was totally still alive. We had to shoot him and get him on the water. Um, and then Aiden killed the hen. So we were all three shooting on that one, and my dad was filming, and the GoPros was filming. So that was a nice pass, for sure.
0: Yeah, that was a good one, for sure. Yeah, and we definitely we had a solo work in where it was he wasn't necessarily cupping in. It would have been a passing shot, and he came in Right about 30 yards, and we didn't shoot him. Um, That's one of those where you're like, ah, maybe, maybe not, and then we didn't take it. And uh, I think you said take him if you want him, and Mm -hmm. I I thought we'd let him work one more pass, and he didn't end up working in. Um, And then we had another one where uh, he landed out probably about 35 yards. Yeah. And uh, he sat there, and we're trying to work the big group behind him and they didn't work. And, and during our calling that's, that's the second one you're talking about that we let get yeah. away, uh, yeah. where he hopped up when we're calling for the other ones. I don't know if he picked us out while we're calling or what, but yeah, we could have had him as well. <laughs> so we did have well, a couple a, slip through our fingers,
1: but there was a lot of mallards in the air at that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we were oh. literally waiting on like a, a group of like, I don't even know. It was like 50.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, so. uh, but yeah, they they all seemed to kind of want to land out towards the middle, and then once we got them landing out there, they didn't want to work into our set. So yeah, because
1: the shots we got were before birds really started coming back in heavy, and then once they came back in heavy, and they started landing out in the middle. It was game over for us.
0: Yeah, and then we'd shoot, and then they'd go away. We'd shoot a couple. Of, we shot the pair, you know, it kind of cleared out, and then I think that's when we had the solo work in as well. and But yeah, as soon as we have them work in there, then it, it was really hard to fight against the, the actual real birds um, opposed to decoys. And then we had some geese land out there and the geese just stayed forever. And after that, yeah. after that we were kind of, kind of done um, because they just sat out there and there's just so many geese that it really attracted um, the mallards. So they never worked in after that.
1: Yep. So we ended with three, but the ones we got were right down the pocket. We had made Aiden made a fire and we had some soup and everything. And so then we decided to get out there, get out of there about noon because we wanted to go and get a scout in, um, for the next day. So we sent Aiden off one direction and Jordan and I went off a a separate direction for scouting and we put our boat on the water and, um, looked at this area and we were flushing a lot of mallards off this area. So we were really, really excited looking into day two because our scout went really, really well. And I mean, we flushed a ton of birds, but maybe that was our problem. <laughs> we flushed them.
0: <laughs> yeah. that's something we kind of talked about afterwards. Um, you know, in every, every stage of hunting, you can always learn lessons, you know, even gray at, at 25 years, years of <laughs> hunting. Um, cause one thing you kind of said after that, you're like, you know, I wonder if going through there, cause there was a specific spot you wanted to get that was really far back in there. that would have mm-hmm. been really cool to hunt. Um, but in doing so, we had to push through, um, you know, a lot of the areas where birds were at and push them out. And so then, you know, kind of afterwards we wondered how that affected. Um, and you never know, are they going to come back? Are they going to stay? Uh, and really, do, how much does that affect it? So, I don't. What are what are your thoughts on that, Elliot?
1: I don't know. I mean, we we so when this place there was lots of shoreline with lots of flooded vegetation, and we were flushing mallards out just constant. And it's a several mile boat ride clear into the back with these pools. And I mean, we we traveled every inch of it. And the question is, should we have left right when we started seeing mallards, assuming they're all throughout there? Or should we have done what we did, which was just scout the whole area, um, but in doing so, flushing every single bird out of there? And, I mean, uh, mallards are so unpredictable. It would be really nice to ask Bobby Hayes this question. Um, Because I know in the past he said mallards are more typical to come back quicker than geese, if I remember right. Yeah, I think Um, think he said
0: that he – if he went there first thing in the morning and they're on there that he wouldn't would think they'd just come back.
1: Yeah. Like in the dark. But, um, I know the the other time <clears throat> we we're on the full immersion video, my dad and I flushed them all out of there at night and then they came. they were right there in the morning. So maybe these birds were looking to at towards the marshes. I don't know. I, I I'm torn with that sp- particular area. Cause the places I really want to hunt in there are deep down in. So if I'm ever, but I'm never going to hunt those places without seeing birds in them. So I don't know. I certainly wish that we hadn't done what we had done, but who knows what the outcome would have been. It's hard to tell.
0: Yeah. I know from my personal experience this year, that one thing that we have thought that a couple times were, um, on our opening day hunt, we walked up to the hole that they're in and mm-hmm. we busted them up and they moved maybe like 15, 20 yards And that was it. Like, we didn't, like, really, really bump them hard. But the next day, we didn't have... We had them return, but not the same amount that we saw on the hole the first day. And then we had another hunt where we had scouted it the day before and walked right up to it. And, uh, you know, it, it was a mix of ducks and geese. And, like, we're talking, like, it was a farm pond. It was a retention pond. And man, I mean, I'm trying to remember, but it was like three, 400 geese and maybe 100 or 200 ducks. And they all busted off when um, we walked up there to look. And then the next day, uh, we only shot two ducks. That was it. Yeah. So, and it's like you said, that's still a really small sample size, but yeah. that's something I'm going to keep tabs on for myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's all different, different situations, different scenarios. And our our... Uh, hunt with that maybe it had to do with them actually already having the desire to move back to the marshes as they thawed yeah
1: maybe so because Aiden went and shot his lemon on the marshes after after <laughs> hunt was over Yeah. Um, but he wasn't seeing thousands of them I would say general rule if you can avoid putting any pressure on them the night before then avoid it you know if you can avoid flushing them don't flush them if you can avoid it
0: yeah uh, but the general-, sure. I think
1: general generally speaking that's the way to go
0: but, but the other side of that, too, is general rule always scout. <laughs> so it's like yes. where you got to figure mm-hmm. out the happy medium between the two because we had no idea if there would be birds in there or not, and we couldn't yeah. see them until we flushed them out.
1: Yeah. There's no way of knowing if there's birds in that place without getting in your boat and getting in there. But as soon as we started flushing some good numbers, we could have turned around. But we still would have been just assuming.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're what was right. In the-
1: and we, we wouldn't have been able to see the place I really wanted to hunt. So I don't know. I know I wish that we had done it differently that day just because uh, how our hunt turned out on Sunday.
0: Yeah. So I think we've got a little bit ahead of ourselves. So let's jump back. So that was the scout. Um, mm-hmm. and so the next day we show up there. Uh, Elliot didn't make me wake up quite as early. We got to sleep in to the, the late, late time 30. of 3.30. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's our <laughs> sleeping in. <laughs> yeah. That no, was... uh. It was much needed to get the six hours after, not getting quite four the night before.
1: <laughs> and what happened when we slept in a little bit?
0: We yeah we got beat in so
1: we got beat in or we didn't get our spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't um, think it mattered. <laughs> yeah yeah, it I don't think it did either. So, um yeah we got there. Uh, same same deal. We set up the a frame. This hunt was just me. Elliot and Golden Boy. Um, and Izzy
1: came on this one. Izzy got to got to come with it.
0: Yep. Izzy. Oh, another. Yeah. <laughs> another thing we could say is neither of your dogs like Chief at all.
1: <laughs> I think that Izzy was cool with him that second day. I thought they got along pretty well. Uh, I mean, you, there was the nip, but
0: yeah, minus the that, gash on his happen. nose.
1: <laughs> but that's gonna happen. That's just gonna happen. I thought I thought he and Izzy got along pretty pretty well. Yeah, For the most part. I mean, like, they sat in the, even though she was trying to crawl in your lap, but they kind of sat in the back together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they did for a while. So, yeah. And, the, and the, honestly, all the fault goes on Chief. He's young and I don't know what you want to call it. He just, he was all over Izzy uh, to the extent where she's just getting annoyed at him.
1: He's a little aggressive with his nose placement. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. Yep it's like you know he he's like that teenage boy that has that just is in love with the girl but is so <laughs> overzealous that, that she's like ah, get your mitts off me yeah <laughs> he doesn't he, does, he needs to learn a little bit of suave about it
0: yeah well, he just needs a few more nips in the nose I think and <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. that didn't that actually didn't deter him at all he's just like I think now he just he kept doing the same thing but he was quicker to jump away <laughs>
1: yeah well I, I think they coexisted finally on i bet you by the time they, that we go on a couple hunts in january they'll, it'll be they'll be fine.
0: yeah yeah so um jump into the hunt we set up beautiful sunrise um <laughs> speaking of sunrise do you want to talk about that a little bit
1: well i I messed up on our directions and i thought i had set, i was thinking about where the sun was coming up but i didn't check my compass and i, I was using my memory from a previous hunt so I thought I had us angled so that we weren't looking into the sun, but instead the sun was directly in our face. I mean, like smack in our face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I'm actually glad at the point because the uh, the footage I got of um, all of that, I think, turned out pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, we
0: were looking straight into the sun.
1: So you want to tell them about the morning excitement right at shooting time?
0: Yeah, so um, maybe – Five minutes before shooting light, I can't. Excuse me, I can't I remember seven. the uh, seven minutes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so we had some divers. Did they fly in or swim in?
1: I think they 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 swam in. They landed out um, because we had one decoy float away, uh, and they yeah. landed right with that
0: decoy. We had the M- MVP decoy just float yeah. away from our set, well, and divers bad. landed with it. It was maybe seventy yards out from shore. And dive.
1: I bet it was more like 125. It was a ways. Yeah. (laughs) They were going fast. I mean, they came like on a line (laughs) towards our decoys.
0: Yeah. And so they just sat in there and sat in there. And, uh, you know, Golden wanted to shoot them, you know, once shooting light came. And we had a group of Gadwall land out on that decoy as well. And so then the debate was do we shoot these or are these Gadwalls going to work in? And I'm like, man, let's wait for these Gadwalls And, and Golden wanted to shoot the the divers but thankfully yeah. uh <laughs> you, uh you guys let let uh the the gaddies come in so i could get my first gadwall and <clears throat> excuse me
1: well it it became obvious right away that they were going to come in too i mean you can tell the difference between ducks kind of meandering you're know, like oh, are they coming are they coming versus you know it's like okay yeah they're coming you can just tell they're on a they're on a line so and there were 7 of them And we couldn't tell what it was, it was not light enough to be able to tell what kind of divers those were. If I had been able to identify those as like, you know, redhead drakes, or I think, I think they were probably Scott because that's what we had in the area. But once we got those seven and you had never shot gadwalls, it was all about, okay, let's just get these gadwalls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so they came in and, uh, I'll probably get some flack for this, but I I said, I'm going to water spot the first one so that I, uh, (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> don't miss one and uh, and then we'll from there we'll jump them and so I shot the first shot we stood up so they had plenty of time to jump up <coughs> excuse me I'm going to have to take care of this cough real quick okay <coughs> mm, there we go I need to remember to edit that out <laughs> mm. <laughs> Whew, sorry Sorry. Anyways, picking up. So they came in. I said I was going to water swap the first one. Um, and then, so we stood up from the A frame, put our aimers on them, and uh, I shot the first one. Actually, I covered two with shots. I know. Totally and, did. And I thought, you know, I was going for the one for two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but those sometimes. Are the
1: two you ended up killing, though. Both of those are the ones that you killed. Yeah. Yeah. Large.
0: And, uh, cause I followed him up from the water and, okay. but yeah, I, I was actually concerned after that, that maybe the first one didn't die and it was, it wasn't dead dead after I shot it. It was still in the water and I think we had to clean it up.
1: Yeah. It was that farthest one that Izzy had to get at the end.
0: And that's what happens if you don't just put your aimer on one, I think,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, cause I, sp- I, sp- I spread my shot between the two of them. Hoping to get the two. So you were
1: specifically thinking two-for-one on that shot?
0: Yep. I mean, they were close yeah. enough I thought I could. Um, yeah, on the
1: video, I'm surprised that <laughs> that either of them got off the water at all because you covered them.
0: Yeah, and then I, I clean missed my second shot when they uh, got up. And luckily, I hit my third shot on that one because it was going. And finally, I hit it. Um, you know, it was probably about 25 yards out by that point. Um, and that one fell dead. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Chief was able to retrieve that one. That was Chief's first gadwall retrieve. My first gadwall. It was honestly the highlight of the trip for me um, yeah. to get those gadwall.
1: Yeah. And I, as soon as you shot your shot, I was waiting. And uh, I didn't intentionally do it, but I pulled the trigger, killed two. Just, and I think the video actually looks pretty cool of how they like are flipping as they go down. Um, yeah, killed two with one shot, followed another one, missed it on my second shot, which I should have hit it. And then. My third shot, I shouldn't even have shot. but So we killed four out of the seven.
0: Yeah, it's pretty decent.
1: Just think if Aiden had been shooting.
0: Yeah, we might have got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we might have just got four of the seven. You never know. Or he, <laughs> may, have, he
1: may have cleaned up the divers. The divers hung around for a, a long time. They ended up... I yeah. didn't even see them, but they, they flew away way after our shooting was
0: done. Yeah, so somehow... I, I saw him there, and I'm trying to load my gun as fast as possible. And somehow I put two shells in there and jammed them real weird. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to load it as fast as possible to get a shot on these divers. I don't even know how I put two shells in like that. So,
1: Would um, you have gotten a shot off had you Yeah, had you, uh, I would have. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, I must have been watching that cripple and trying to take care of him because I didn't even see those divers until the
0: video. Yeah, what? I, I didn't either because I was so focused on the gaddies but then I hear Aiden going someone get the divers, get a diver or something yeah, like yeah. that and I'm like... Oh. And I think that's what happened. I already had one shell in and I went to go put another one at the same time as I must have hit the button to rack a shell. So I got one yeah. in there and it tried to rack another one on top of it. Um, but if I just would have pushed the button to rack it and not worried about my second shots, I would have had mm-hmm. one shot in the divers as well.
1: that Adam been great. I bet you they were scop because that's what that uh, we shot a, a scop and that other group shot three and. I haven't even seen a Scott forever. So that would have been cool if you had killed like a Scott Drake or something on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the gadwall is definitely um, the highlight of the duck hunting. And <laughs> uh, I wanted to mount the Drake, but it really, it didn't, it didn't have a lot of rust on its wing. Didn't really have great colors. Yeah. Uh, so a, bad, a little, bad. yeah, I, I almost, I almost still did it. Cause I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. It's your first one. So,
1: yeah, but you, you'll shoot more. I don't think that's a matter at all. You'll shoot more. Plus, I think its wing was broken even.
0: But can't they fix that?
1: <laughs> well, they can, but, you know. I Makes mean, some more work on them. Sure. And the wing was a little. T- I, and I, that was not a very pretty drake compared to what they get. Can like, you go back and look at those pictures of the one that I shot and Golden shot earlier? I mean, it's night and day between those birds.
0: Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. So maybe I'll get one at another point to mount. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you will. So
1: then we had uh, the only other thing was we had two other things happen. We had um, a group of divers swinging around us a couple times and I was the shot caller. And finally they came through at about 25 to 30, I think. And looking at the video, I think maybe I called the shot a little bit, a little bit late because um, they were moving a little faster, I think, than I had anticipated. And I think I called it about a, a half second too late because your shots were off to the right. I don't think you guys were able to take the shots at the ultimate, uh, ultimate, Time, but Aiden did kill um, a hen scop out of that pass.
0: Yeah. And it, it's like you said, they're moving so fast. We stood up, and by the mm-hmm. time they swung through there, and divers have the tendency to do that, where they just come in mm-hmm. low and fast and don't actually yeah. land. So um, it was taking shots kind of the first shot, maybe at their side, uh, almost to a 45 degree angle by the second shot. And I didn't even shoot a third time.
1: Yeah. They were rolling, they were moving. Yeah. Then we had the common merganser swim in, and um, Jordan had been talking the whole trip about how harsh (laughs) mergansers are on trout and how much he hates them. So he he had a chance to uh, enact some revenge on a hen common merganser.
0: (laughs) So I I don't know how accurate it is, but I've heard the saying where um, a merganser will eat 1,000 trout fingerling in a year, and maybe that's just Trouts Unlimited trying to um, (laughs) – Yeah, throw some shade on mergansers or what, but I don't know. Um, (laughs) So I've always said that if you're hunting, a lot of people don't want to shoot the mergansers, um, but they have that limit of 15 on them for a reason. They don't count towards your limit, and uh, um, I just don't really like them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't care for them either. I hate it when you think they're mallards. Like ah, crap, common mergansers. So that was the day. We we gave up at about see it's about 10:30, but it was it was a fun trip. Fun hunt, beautiful day. Wish we could have shot more, but it was certainly fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was still it was still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: So now we got a second trip planned t- towards the latter end of January, so um the wives get to hang out finally and
0: get to wife it up it. as you said the yeah. first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you excited about that Beth? she's like yeah
1: and so yeah so that'll be fun we'll get get back on it again and see if we can't be a little more productive
0: yeah i'll see if i can uh try to fully bring all of indiana luck next time instead of <laughs> you, you squeezed a little bit of kansas in there <laughs>
1: uh leave it
0: <clears throat> so yeah uh i think that pretty much wraps up the hunt weekly update you got anything else to add on that
1: no, next week um, I will have two more hunts to report. Um, depending on when we do the do the show, I might have three. We'll see
0: when we record it. All right, and our uh, duck season is coming back in second split, so I will definitely be out there. Weather hasn't been the greatest, and it is not forecasted to be any greater, so <laughs> it is what it is. But I'm not expecting amazing things for the rest of the season. So, oh well.
1: Maybe you'll get surprised.
0: Yeah. Uh, We'll we'll hope so. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's all we got for this week. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in for another episode. Do us a huge favor and uh, give us a review over on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Helps us out a ton. Uh, Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Freelance, Duck Hunting, and Duck Hunt Chronicles. You can actually watch um, our hunts that we're talking about on video uh, on both of our channels. So, that's all we got for this week. Couldn't do it without you guys. Really appreciate you. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks again for tuning in for the episode. Um, really appreciate it. And just want to give you guys a big thanks for sticking with us this week. We did have both podcasts. end up being late. I had computer issues. A issues, little bit of floodage in the basement. Um, <laughs> ended up messing with my computer and had to get the backup computer rolling and getting everything running with that so that's why the episodes were late this week and really appreciate you guys sticking with us so anyways that's all we got Um, one last one last update would be we are going to switch back to live streaming these on YouTube but not either one of our specific channels not on freelance duck hunting or on duck gun chronicles we're going to make a duck gun podcast youtube channel so really would help us out a ton if you guys would come over there subscribe and check us out live weekly so that's all we got we'll see you guys next time let's go